All right, questions on Genesis chapter 9. Yes, first question. Uh, I, I never thought about, um, now you had said that uh, it's possible that Ham was complicit in the drunkenness of Noah. But, you know, when you think about as well how wicked people often, they hate the righteousness of godly people. And, and they want them to fall so yeah. that they can shame them because it soothes their own conscience. Yes. And you often do see that within families as well. Yeah. Uh, especially if, if it's the children toward the parents or the parents toward the children, that it's even aggravated more in that close proximity. Um, yes. Yes. So what would have motivated him to cause his father to sin or even to ridicule his father? What would have caused him to do that? And it would be because his father was righteous and he was wicked. And because his conscience pricked him, he wanted to bring down his father. Yeah. He wanted to lower his father. Which is common as well. Which is common. They want to discredit the righteous man and the messenger so that they can then discredit their message and they don't have to listen to it. Yes. They want to discredit the righteous man and his message so that they don't have to listen, they don't have to obey. Right. But that's in, when you said that he goes out to tell his brothers, look what our father did. It's really what he's saying. He's not saying what he did. Yeah. You know, come and see what, what our father did to try to discredit what he knows. Yes. Him. Yes. He was looking at the idea that if I can discredit him, how much better am I than he is? Yes. So when he does go, like you're saying, go and tell his brothers, instead of resolving it, he goes out there and says, look at what our father yeah. did. He is discrediting his father yeah. in the eyes and ears of the brothers. Right. Correct. That's what wicked people do. That's why there is contention and animosity when we come to Christ. Uh, Luke 14, 25 to 35, Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple unless you hate your father and mother your wife, your brother and sister, and even your own life, right. you cannot be my disciple. And in Matthew 10, 34 to uh, 40, he says that, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Right. For, for a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And why will they become enemies? Because we have a new heart, a new mind. We have new values. We have new goals. We want to please God, not ourselves and not other people. We're here to please God. And when people start to see that, either it will humble them or either it will arouse their pride and their pride will attack us. And him is not like an adolescent either. No. I mean, he's, a, he's an adult. Yes. Who has aged. He's 100 years old. Right. So, so that even makes it more... Uh, yes. Yes, yeah, he's probably about 100 years old because we know that, that uh, Shem, his brother, had Arpachshad two years after the flood and he was 100 years old um, at that point. So, it's, that's uh, Genesis 11, verse 10. So it also shows Noah, the commitment to hate your father and mother and your own children. Well, he had, he had to pronounce a curse on his own son, but he was willing to do it. Because it was the righteous thing to do. Yes, that's another evidence of Noah's faith and righteousness that even though Ham was his own son, he was willing to pronounce a curse against his son. Yes. Okay, next question. 
you uh, mentioned the blood prohibitions, Genesis 9, Leviticus 17, and just kind of this, this continuing idea, and then you referenced uh, Acts, uh, Acts 15. Um, one of the things that you said was that you do well to avoid these things, in particular talking about, uh, talking about blood. Um, the main reason you listed was seeking unity between Jews and Gentiles. Was the reason why this list was included, obviously not, not, not exhaustive. Um, so if the point is unity, um, is the point unity in Christ, spreading the gospel to uh, continue? You know, it says, hey, we, we don't do these things because we're trying not to harm our brothers. We're trying to make it a little bit easier to speak to those from where Moses had already been preached. Or is the idea uh, of unity to continue that foundation of the Noahic covenant that say this, this idea of no blood is, is for all, all, all humanity? I, I can see that this is that the intent is unity of Christ and uh, unity in Christ between a Jew and Gentile. But is this list more focused on that? This is a new thing. It's the new church. You know, let's uh, let's let's not do these things because it can harm our brother. Or is it a throwback to this was given to all of humanity? These blood prohibitions. Which is the or, or is there a third option? That I'm not okay, the third. I think there is a third option. Unity is a factor because look at verse nine uh, nineteen. Therefore, it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. Don't trouble them. But we write that they not do certain things. Okay, So there is unity, but um, when you say throw back to the Noahic covenant, the Noahic covenant, I think, is for everyone anyway. So whatever they're doing, if it's, it's not going to contradict the Noahic covenant, but it's going to further establish it or further promote it. So of the two options, just unity or back to the Noah Covenant, I think it's both. The third option. It's consistent. And consistency promotes unity. Next question? Um, I'm just curious about, you know, Noah... No one um, com basically commands a curse on Ham, correct? Yes. And just the, I'm curious about the connection between a, a human cursing somebody and God honoring that curse. Like, is that a, does that always happen? Like, what what made it? Does does Noah have special privileges? He's able to, you know, does that make sense? Like, sometimes that's kind of confusing in the Bible when people curse. Like I feel like if I curse somebody, nothing's going to happen. You know, I'm mad, but for God to take that and um, apply that. Okay, in other words, are we able to curse yeah. people? Are we able to curse people? Proverbs 26, verse 2. Proverbs 26, 2. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so, a curse without cause does not alight. A curse without cause does not alight. That verse is teaching us that if we pronounce a curse without a cause, meaning a, a valid cause, a valid reason for it, then it's not going to take off. It's not going to be valid in the sight of God. If the reason isn't good, then God's not going to honor it. Proverbs 26, 2. Another example of curses and God 
being uh, honoring those curses would be 1 Corinthians 16:22. 1 Corinthians 16:22 which says if anyone does not love the Lord let him be accursed if anyone does not love the Lord let him be accursed Paul pronounces a curse on everyone who does not love the Lord 1 Corinthians 16:22 we know that that is in accordance with the will of God right those who don't love the Lord will go to hell, so that's the curse he pronounces on them. He prays according to that curse in 1 Corinthians 16, 22. Another example Brother, is... Just, one more example. already upon them. I mean, cursed are all those who are not in the Lord already. So how can Paul pronounce a curse upon those that are already cursed under the curse of sin that they were born into? How could he pronounce? He yeah, could, how could he pronounce a curse that, that was already in existence upon them from their birth, if, if they're unregenerate? Okay, well that's the way every curse is. Even what what uh, Ham and Canaan received from Noah, they were already dead in trespasses and sins in Adam. They already had that, so he is affirming it or confirming the curse on them. Affirming, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. and also there is a physical component to it. What will it do? It's the, the main reason for the curse is the spiritual part of it to confirm that this is your destiny, that there is no changing that destiny. Yeah. But physically, how may that appear in this world? It might appear by instant death. It might appear by cancer uh, in one week, right? It might appear like that. And the reason I say that... Look, well, I was going to give you another example that was... Acts 13, 50 to 52. But the Jews aroused the devout women of prominence and the leading men in the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust of their feet and protested against them and went to Iconium and the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That last verse teaches us that what they did was not wrong. And what, what did they do? They shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. That's pronouncing a curse, or that's a symbol of the curse of eternal judgment, shaking the dust off the feet. Acts 18, 6, but, And when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean. From now on I shall go to the Gentiles. There he says, Their blood is on their own head. Also, since we're talking about the book of Acts, remember what curse... Paul pronounced on Elymas the magician. Elymas was undermining the gospel being preached, right? And it says in Acts 13, verse 9, 13, 9, But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze upon him and said, You who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. And not only did the curse appear, but because the curse happened, according to Paul's word, something good happened, verse 12. Then, right after that, 
Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. God used the curse on Elymas, who deserved to be punished, in order to convert the proconsul. So, I think it's, there is a place for it, biblically speaking. In the life of the prophets of old, not today. In the life of the prophets of old. And I'm, I'm including Paul as well. Including Paul? But wasn't the key that Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was pronouncing this curse upon Elymas? Yes. So in Acts 13, it doesn't say, because of Paul's apostolic authority, so and such and so happened. It says because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. And all of Christ's children have that opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, can we not do the same? Yeah. I would have thought that some Christians, when Paul was Saul... What if they would have had a desire to do that to Saul of Tarsus, right? Yeah. When Saul was one of God's chosen from before the foundation of the world. I mean, they didn't know. what I'm trying to say we, is, how we, can we do that today? If we're not all-knowing, maybe that's one of God's elect that he's yet to call effectually. Okay, if we cannot curse, then we can't bless either. Because we don't know if God will do it. We don't know if God will curse, honor our curse by cursing the individual who deserves to be cursed. Yeah. But we also don't know if God's going to bless the individual. Right. We might be praying a contrary to God's will to bless him when God does not intend. We don't know is the point. Right. Since we don't know, we pray according to what the situation is. Pray for blessing. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Romans 10.1. Right? Yes. But as well, also in Romans, Romans 10.1 says he prays for them. Right? But in Romans 11, he pronounces a curse for, uh, on them. Romans 11, he says, 11, 7. What then? That which Israel is seeking for, it has not obtained. But those who were chosen obtained it, and the rest were hardened. Just as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes to see not, and ears to hear not, down to this very day. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened to see not and bend their backs forever. That's a curse. That's a curse. Romans 10.1 is a blessing. He's praying for their salvation. And Romans 11.7-10 to 10 is a curse. And the same key is true. Uh, if they're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not going to contradict the will of God. If the Holy Spirit is speaking through the child of God, then that will be in perfect unity and harmony with what God's will is. Yeah. I know this goes back to your series on imprecatory psalms, but so bottom line is you're saying that we have that liberty to do so today if we're led by the Spirit in the context of that situation? Led by the Spirit and the Word of God. If the Word of God in that context validates it, then yes. Okay, all right. that's all. Our time is up. Okay. Thank you. We'll see you next time.